Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford, and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. We have now moved into the completed Minster space on Southwater Square in Telford, and we'd love to invite you to come along and give church a try at our 4pm gatherings every Sunday opposite Wilco's above the Novella Lounge. Enjoy the podcast. with me why I just arranged my props for today. Anyone know what I think I've got down here? Well, they might be. You can, what do you, they are Bibles. Aren't they? They're all different, aren't they? They're all really, really different. Fun fact, at uh, mine and Harry's wedding, we had a pub quiz, and one of them was how many Bibles did we have in our house? Um, and at that time, it was about 30, and that's probably increased by now. So 30 Bibles at that point. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. And there's a variety of them. So I'm just going to read from God's Word now, um, just as we start. Um, and it's 1 Timothy 4, 13 to 16, if you want to open that up in your Bibles or on your phones, where you might, wherever you store your Bible when you bring it out with you. Yeah, you might have multiple. Does someone just correct me on the fact that I said Bibles? (laughs) Sometimes I find I've got more than one in my bag. It's a very vicar thing to say, isn't it? Are we ready? It says, Until I come, devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to preaching, to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders lays hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord God, as I, as I bring this word today, may it be wholly your word. May you speak to the hearts of the people here. And may you bless them and encourage them. In your name. Amen. So today, as we move through our series on the Apprentice Toolkit, we're going to be thinking about this. The Bible. Something that, if you're a Christian, and you haven't got one of these... I will send you away with one of them today. If you want to know more about Jesus, I will send you away with one of them today. If the ones here are not appropriate for you, I'll help you find a way that you can receive this word. And just a caveat before I start, I will refer to reading the Bible, but if you you find that difficult, I, I mean it in the form of an audio, so you can listen to the Bible if you can't. Um, see Braille, I would just refer as reading, just because that's easier than saying read, listen, feel, if you understand what I mean. I'm not excluding anyone who might not be able to read today. The Bible comes in so many different shapes and sizes. It comes in a form for babies, toddlers, children, teenagers, adults, There are ones that are like comic novels, ones that look really pretty. 
There's ones that you can draw all over and make notes in the margins and colour in. There's some that are really old and written in a really old language that are really hard to read. There's some that's translated in a way that you might find it easier to read. They are in any way that you can imagine a Bible to be, there probably is a version of it. The Bible is the most stolen book, is the best-selling book in the world. The oldest Bible takes back to the fourth century, so that's about, that's during the Roman Empire when they accepted Christianity. And there are 66 books in the Bible, just to name a few fun facts. And somebody said, whether we are reading the Bible for the first time, or standing in a field, or maybe we're next to a historian of Israel, or an archaeologist and a scholar, the Bible meets us where we are. That is what the truth does. The Bible's good for us, guys. It's full of truth and goodness, and helps us to live our lives. And I can't tell you enough how much I wish I discovered that sooner. When I was a teenager, I thought that reading the Bible was boring. Why would you want to do that when there's loads more fun things you could do? Or read other fun books, or maybe catch up on that latest series, then read the Bible. I didn't think it made any sense to my own life at all. Yet I'd sit in church on a Sunday evening and all the other youth would look really cool with their really nice notebooks and their really nice Bibles and would be making notes as they heard the person speak at the front of church. And they would talk about how they were reading their Bibles at home in youth group. And I would be sitting there like, really? Are you actually doing that? I had no idea how it could speak to my life. I even said for a long time as I was a Christian, that, oh, it's really outdated. What on earth as a, a man called Abraham nearly killing his son got to do with my life? What has that got to do with me? In 2011, what, what's that going to teach me about boys, my A-levels, going to uni? What is that going to teach me? How on earth could any of it mean anything to my life? Has anyone ever felt like that? Ever? You're all, yeah, you have. Thank you. So this area is really holy. None of them are like shaking their heads. This area onwards is all like, yeah, I have felt like that. So they're the people you need to go to, everyone, if you're struggling. It's those people over there. I just couldn't. <laughs> you're all, are we, do, you, do you think you've struggled with it? Thanks, James. Thanks for the honesty over there. <laughs> it is. It did feel like it was outdated to me. But when the penny dropped, when I realized how this could speak into my life, so much transformed. But our world doesn't understand how it could speak to us. There's so many people who will say, it's outdated, it's irrelevant. How can any of that speak to us? The outdated practices, I think, is a really key one we hear in our culture, or I definitely see that on Twitter feeds. It's saying it's got outdated practices. But this Bible is good. The Bible is good. It's the loads of things you've got, like 
the Bible for this and the Bible for that, haven't you? The Bible that you want is the Jesus Bible. Don't get mistaken with anything else. That is the one that you want because it does speak into our lives. The first passage that I ever remember really meaning anything was don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. And that's found in Matthew's gospel. And I was thinking, oh man, I don't need to worry about tomorrow, do I? And that's so true. Because this book, even if you don't think it could speak anything to you, I just want you to have a moment to realize that we are still people who are trying to live our lives our own way. We are still people who are trying to kill one another. We're still people who want to celebrate. We're still unkind. We're still worrying. We're still making people and things idols. We're still having times of joy and times of sadness. So if we're honest, not a lot has changed. We've got technology. There's more of us. International travel. But we're still the same. And our reading today reminds us again that not a lot has changed. We're still struggling with the same things. And one of those is practicing and getting to know our Bibles. So what, what about this reading today? Well, it was written by a man called Paul to a man called Timothy. So Paul, this man, you may have heard him talked about in church before, but he developed a team of co-workers. And and this was because he was on a mission to share the word of Jesus with anyone that he met. Just, but before Paul was, did this, he hated Christians. So he's come full circle and now is going out to tell everybody about Jesus. And he met a man called Timothy and he, he thought Timothy was great. But Timothy was young and lots of people thought, oh, what's he got to share? I feel a bit like that sometimes. But what has Timothy got to share? But Paul saw that he was good and had a word to share and to bring. So he sent Timothy to a place called Ephesus to restore correct teaching to the church. And what he is then teaching here, he is correcting the bad theology and bad teaching and getting rid of these myths and old wives' titles and telling them how to train in godliness. For while physical training is of some value, he's telling them that godliness is valuable in every single way, holding promise to both the present, the life, and the future. You see, these people were like us. They'd wandered away from Jesus, choosing their own way. And Paul recognized this and called Timothy to go and do so. But he also called him in in doing this to not neglect teaching the Bible, to not neglect the gifts that God had given him, to keep practicing and practicing and practicing and make sure what he was saying was right. By doing this, he was telling him that you will serve both your hearers and yourself. In other words, read the Bible, practice the gifts you've been given, and through this, you will have faith, and you'll bring other people to faith. In even simpler terms, it's read, practice, save. 
but I don't think it's that simple. No one has ever said that doing something challenging is simple. To get good at anything, you've got to practice. You've got to keep having a go. But Paul told Timothy he had to be devoted to the public reading of Scripture, to be preaching and teaching. Because in that time, loads of people couldn't read and printing out Bibles, well, there wasn't a printing press, so it would have taken a really long time and been really, really expensive. So Timothy it was, was reading it out in public places to people to say, this is the word of Jesus. This is, this is what he said. And, and reading out this and reading out the Old Testament. And then he would explain it. He would exhort it. He would tell the people what this meant. Because I'm sure you're aware that sometimes you, if you just heard the word of God, you probably wouldn't really know what it meant. So Timothy would stand there and do that just as they did in, the, in other parts in the Bible. In Nehemiah, in Ezra, the Levites did it. It was a common Jewish thing to stand in the front and read then the Torah, but in this case, reading the Word of God. And it isn't just them that need that in their lives. We do, too. We need this teaching, these people to, well, it's not necessarily the people, it's, it's you actively reading your Bibles. The people then couldn't read, didn't have an audio book, didn't have ways of receiving the word other than listening. But you guys have so much, and there are so many other books out there to help you read and understand your Bibles. And we... This book is so good because it helps us overcome the bad truths that have seeped into our culture. To remind us that material wealth isn't going to bring us happiness. To remind us that that job you desperately want might not be the only thing that will make you happy. That that perfect family that you keep seeing everywhere might not be the only thing that will make you happy. There are so many things that we believe that are the only way that we can be happy. But that's not always the case. And this book is full of things that will help us. And the one being is to build our life on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. But it's not that easy to always want to read our Bibles. I'd be lying to you if I said the first thing I do every day is get up and read my Bible. And if you ever think that's what I do every morning, but sometimes I really want to lie in. But it is the ideal, and it's something I strive for and hope for that I do. And I, most days, I'm really good at it. There are so many variables to our lives, if we're being real, that stop us from practicing and reading our Bibles. It's a bit like going to the gym. You, in the new year, you'll see new, new you, new self, go to the gym, get what you, you, that body that you want. And we go and we try and then we get busy and then we can't be bothered and then we just don't go. And sometimes that's how we view our Bibles. We start off really good. We start with the Bible in a year app. We get through Genesis. 
We get most of the way through Exodus, and then we might give up when it gets a little bit difficult and we suddenly run out of time during mid-March, if we're really honest with ourselves. Because it is hard to take up something new. It's hard to make that part of your day. But friends, any meaningful relationship has to start with spending time with it. You're not going to have a good and meaningful relationship with the gym if you don't go to it and don't go to, and go, go and exercise and have some fun. And it's the same with the Bible. Even when it gets hard, when you can't lift that weight anymore, you probably aren't want to go again. And it's the same with the Bible. Sometimes it gets hard, but it's our spiritual gym, and it's going to make us a much better people by reading it. It also makes our lives a whole lot more sense. Because reading the Bible helps guard against the false idols and false teachings of the world. It reminds us the way of Jesus and the way to live our lives. To make anything a habit or to get good at it, you have to keep going at it. To be a ballerina, you've got to put in hours and hours and hours and get up when you don't want to and go and do that practice. The same with the Bible. But it's also the same with the spiritual gifts that have been talked about here. We can assume that the spiritual gifts that Timothy has are gifts of preaching and teaching. But in the Bible, there are so many other spiritual gifts. There's prayer, there's hearing from God, there's sharing God's wisdom, there's gift of speaking in tongues, and those can be found throughout the Bible in Corinthians, in Isaiah, in Ephesians, in Romans. They're everywhere. And we can discern these spiritual gifts by having a relationship with Jesus. And one way that we may grow in our relationship with Jesus is by picking this up, our spiritual gym. So this book, we must read it. We must practice the gifts that God has given, which we'll probably find out about when we read it. And why should we do any of this? Well, let's look at the last bit of Timothy. Paul calls Timothy to be conscientious about his life and teaching. And if he does that, he will save both himself and those who've listened to him. If we are pickled in Scripture, if we've become so absorbed in the Word of God, just by reading it and prayerfully asking God, then our worldview will be transformed. I can honestly say that. If I hadn't given up, if I had given up reading this book, I probably wouldn't be standing here now. By practicing the different spiritual gifts we read in here, not only are we encouraged, but we encourage those around us. And in turn, we'll likely see people come to know and love Jesus. But this book, I read... <laughs> I don't know how to tell you how much you should read it. How much you should make it a practice of your life to learn more about Jesus without saying to you that if you read a book review or a film review and you thought that was all right, you'd go and watch it, wouldn't you? And then you'd come out and be like, yeah, this changed my life. That book was amazing. That film was amazing. 
The only way you're going to really see that this is amazing and life-changing and want to talk to everybody about it is by reading it. It's by picking it up and seeing what God has to say to you through it. It's the way my life was changed. And it's the way I know so many others of you here that lives were changed too. Charles Spurgeon said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone that isn't. And I promise you, if I do this with it on there, the book of Matthew will fall out because I've read it quite a lot. (laughs) I think also uh, Ephesians is pretty battered in there too. This is a really good book. Just hope that you can take my review of it in the last 15 minutes or so to believe me of it. So I pray for you all that may our lives be so bound up in the word of God that the simple act of reading our Bibles, our faith may be strengthened by his glory. So shall we pray? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the faithful people that have translated it into languages all around the world, who are still translating it into languages of people who want to read this word too. I thank you for how it transformed my life and for how it transformed so many peoples around the world and those sat before me too today. I thank you for the guidance and the spiritual gym that it is. And I pray that all of us will just have the, have the time and the practice to faithfully pick it up and pray and listen to what God has to say through these words. I pray that it would transform our lives and that will be strengthened by his glory because of it. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that it blessed you. For more episodes and teachings, you can subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, even share it on your socials and tag us at Telford Minster. For this and more, head to telfordminster.org.uk.